Welcome back to the Anime Summit Newscast. It's your favorite host, Noel Sam the Bomb. And it is June 5th, 2021. I'm recording a day late again just because I had technical problems last night. So I'm actually recording this in the morning. It's supposed to come out. Anyway, I am so sorry for the delay, you guys, and uh, all that nonsense. And I just want to say a special shout-out to our YouTube listeners for being patient and keeping up with my BS and for getting to upload the YouTube version of the episodes and things like that. And I'm always, like, late on them. And, uh, and again, it's just because, like, our YouTube is, like, secondary, you know? We don't monetize on it. and um, Not that that I mean, matters right now too much. It's just, like, it's just because, like, you know, a lot of our listeners are in the... They just listen through the podcast app in our RSS feed, so... We put it on YouTube still just because it's just another place to put it, and um, it's a whole separate process, and sometimes I just forget about it, you know what I mean? And I make, like, sometimes I'll even, most of the time what I'm doing is I'll make the video version of the episode, and then I just forget to upload it. I'm, like, doing ten things at once, and I just forget, so I'm getting better about it, and I'm really sorry to our YouTube listeners. You guys are awesome for leaving comments and things like that, leaving feedback. I really appreciate that. And, um, I got to take YouTube more seriously and start, you know, reading your comments more and all that nonsense. So thank you. Uh, that being said, I got kind of a big one today. Got a lot of E3 news and, um, a lot of movie news too. Some cool movies coming out. Got a few big pieces at the end of the non anime news. And then, We'll get into the anime news, and we got a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, some hype, some movie hype, and some big things here and there, and, yeah, but let's just jump right into it, we'll take our little break in the beginning, and, uh, let's, let's get it on. Um, so my E3 news, I don't have it, for some reason I don't have it all together, because I'm a yutz, but, uh, it'll, I'll, so if I'm sorry if I'm jumping around all stupid, but, um, Anyway, four things you should know about Mario Golf Super Rush. You know, Mario Golf games, golf games in general are, in my opinion, are pretty fun. And the Mario Golf ones, like, there was, was it on GameCube? Am I thinking of the, there's one on GameCube, I think, right? There's a, there's a Mario Golf game on GameCube, right? Or was it Wii or GameCube? I think it was on GameCube. And that one, for some reason, was... I don't know, it was bad. It just was, like, really... It got really boring, I think. I don't know. But, like, I kind of feel like this new one, like, watching um, the trailer for it and everything like that and seeing what you can do in it, you know, I feel like this is kind of like that perfect portable game, in my opinion. It's that perfect game where you put it in your Switch and you can play it in between uh, waiting for laundry or on break at work or work before your shift starts. You know what I mean? It kind of seems like that, that kind of game and it comes out June 25th and I'm, I'm liking the way it looks. I like the UI, the way it looks and yeah. So man, that, I don't know. Mario golf games, I think are really fun. 
New God of War release date window delayed, confirmed for PS5 and PS4. Um, and it was going to come out 2021 sometime, but now they're saying sometime in 22 instead. Um, they f- the, the Santa Monica studio further elaborated. Um, they say, we remain focused on delivering a top-quality game while maintaining the safety and well-being of our team, creative partners, and families. With this in mind, we've made the decision to shift our release window to 2022 and you know some people might read that and be like well the mask mandates are lifting and we're all vaccinated now and it's like eh, it's not necessarily true <laughs> like um not everyone's vaccinated and the virus is still running around uh, in, uh, in a big way so i mean you can't really blame anyone for that um so yeah i mean at this point, games would get would get delayed anyway without the pandemic due to multiple reasons. So I think it's just to be patient on those kinds of things, especially game, big games like that. No Man's Sky Prism update is out now, and apparently it's looking pretty good. I mean, I have my opinion on No Man's Sky and the way that whole thing went down. Um, but, you know, people have fun with it. I think it looks like a really fun game, and the, the update is looking really cool. So Prisms is largely focused on improving visuals. As a massive overhaul to existing object structures and more, everything from planetists to creatures uh, to weather effects has been given a significant tuning, uh, down to light refracting rain and new lighting effects to discover in cavernous systems located. This all comes with numerous new effects to check out. And yeah, you can check out the trailer for it uh, on YouTube. PlayStation website is removing parties, friends, trophy info, and more next month. Sony has been making quite a few changes to its PlayStation website over the past few years, slowly removing features to consolidate down to the mobile app and console interface. In the latest update, Team Blue confirmed that a few more features are being slashed from the PlayStation website, including removing access to your game library, friend info, trophies, and more. In a new blog update from Sony, the company confirmed that My PlayStation will no longer be supported, which limits the following features, the library, parties, friends, trophies, and profile info. Um, they're still accessible. They just won't be accessible on the website. And, um, PlayStation fans have been pretty vocal about their disappointment regarding feature removal decisions made by Sony. Um, they're saying that the, the push for the mobile app, there are people have saying the push for the mobile app seems aggressive in that way. I mean, I guess I, I'm not a big I'm not a big mainstream console person except for like with the switch. So I guess I don't understand why the pushback because I kind of feel like if I want to do anything for my tro I, with my trophies profiling for parties or friends list or games library, I would just go to my PS4 to do it and not do it for my computer. So I guess I don't really understand the, the, the frustration, you know, but that's just me. I'm just one person. Um, Nintendo E3 2021 showcase details revealed Nintendo at E3 2021, June 15th. Let's go. Um, the Nintendo direct E3 edition is set to go down June 15th at 9 AM Pacific 12 PM Eastern. Um, we don't really know what, uh, they're going to be talking about, but that's, those are the details for when it's starting. So, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure, and I'll be able—I'll be sure to report on all of the big stuff. When it comes to doing E3 stuff and pack stuff and 
like really big things like that on on the newscast. I kind of feel like I don't need to do some all of it or so much of it just because for the mere fact like the people who are already wanting to know about that stuff are gonna watch it at some point, whether they're watching it live or watching the VOD for it. <clears throat> but if you want me to like report on all of E three and things like that, let me know and, and I totally will. You know what I mean? So Square Enix E3 2021 showcase will highlight Babylon's fall and reveal new Eidos Montreal title. Uh, yeah, dude, that's ex- that's exciting. Um, fans are going to get uh, a first look at Life is Strange Remastered. Um, Final Fantasy VII, they're, they're saying that there's not a lot of talk of showing anything for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two or Final Fantasy Sixteen. So... Um, but they're saying they're gonna we're gonna look at Black Panther DLC for the Avengers, Life is Strange Two Colors, Life True Colors, Life is Strange Remastered. Uh, Forty minute presentation airs June thirteenth at twelve fifteen p.m. Pacific, so right in the afternoon, uh, Pacific time, and Twitch channels. So yeah, uh, hopefully there's a lot more than just those, but that's pretty exciting. Um, let me move that over. Days Gone developer reveals it has a new IP in the works. Ben Studio, the team behind Days Gone and Siphon Filter, has announced it's working on a new IP. The studio shared the news on Twitter yesterday with an open letter to fans. The reveal doesn't share any details regarding what sort of game it is or when it's expected to release or much else beyond. We're working on something. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people are saying that it might be Days Gone 2, but I don't know. We'll see. Dark Horse Comics dedicates itself to gaming with new division, Dark Horse Comics has brought some of her favorite games into the realm of graphic novels. Turns out that's just the beginning. The publisher just recently announced that it has started its own gaming division with Dark Horse Games. This company has been a favorite because it um, did comics you know, for Dragon Age and uh, some other things. The Dark Horse Games initiative aims to create games based on franchises that don't necessarily have the biggest limelight teaming up with several studios to see this creative vision to fruition. We have evergreen properties like Hellboy, where they will always be interested in making games and doing collabs, said General Manager Johnny Lee. Uh, that's pretty cool. He added, we and our partners can really evaluate if a story IP and character universe would be a good fit for games and that they're internally designing and developing. I think most AAA devs that I've talked to prefer their game dev to build core gameplay than fit an IP into it. Versus shoving an IP down their throats, we're sensitive to that. So I get it. So they're saying, build a game, and you know, get the core concept of core gameplay down, and then wrap the characters from an IP around it, which makes sense. That's that's pretty cool. Um, so I'd be interested to see what they come up with. That'd be really sweet. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake PS5 save transfer included in the new update, which I think we talked about a little bit, and we weren't sure. that they, I think they said that that wasn't the case, but now it is. Um, when players boot up Final Fantasy VII Remake, they'll see a new option added to the game's main menu. It is there that a new choice has been added, the upload save data option. Click on that, and you can choose a save file for your, of your choosing to upload to be directly downloaded onto your PS5. Um, system specifically for Integrate. For those that may have set have several div- different runs, you're not just limited to just one save file either. So yeah, there you go. 
Uh, full Borderlands movie cast photo revealed. Possible full trailer coming soon. Yeah, there was like this set photo of all the characters, except they were kind of silhouetted, so you really can't see them. But there's just like a big light behind them, and they're kind of standing in front of it. Um, but Lionsgate film says uh, there might be a trailer soon. So there you go. Deep Silver confirms no Dead Island, Saints Row, Metro, or Time Splitters at E3. It's almost E3 time, which means gaming announcements are dropping. Like clockwork, the rumors are flying and the hype train is at full speed, which makes the need to temper expectations all the more vital. Um, the company took to Twitter to put more realistic lens on what uh, Coke Media will have to show off, confirming that there will be no Dead Island, Saints Row, Metro, or Time Splitters news, which is great because there have been rumors regarding each title in the past few weeks. And, I mean, that's kind of a shame because I've kind of been excited to hear about a new Saints Row. Um, but, yeah. Plus, I think, didn't Time Splitters just get, like, a remake, like, a little bit ago? Or am, am I thinking of something else? I might be thinking of something else. But, uh, yeah. I think it's it's good to dispel those rumors really quick for two reasons. Number one, don't get people's hopes up. And number two, it makes for great marketing when you do, in fact, reveal something that's one of those things and it gets people hype. So, you know. Um... Marvel Multiverse Tabletop RPG announced with official rulebook coming next year. That is pretty cool. It's called the Multiverse Role-Playing Game. The Marvel Multiverse Role-Playing Game. And that is pretty dope. Uh, in the, it's, it's you know, using the D20 rules and stuff like that. I, I like that. That's pretty sweet. I kind of want to get into that, see if anyone wants to play that with me. Uh, Chilling Rain, the new Pokemon set from Sword and Shield will include Calyrex, VMAX cards, um, Ice Writing, and Shadow Writing uh, cards. Dude, it's pretty sweet. I mean, Galarian, Rapidash, Shaman. This also includes the new um, Rengeki and Ichigeki uh, uh, game mechanic, which I don't remember what it does. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, it's like, um, hold on a second. You know what? Let me look it up. But da da da. It's like a rapid strike, rapid strike, and uh, um, it's supposed to be like um, what's the fucking what's the Pokemon, dude? My favorite fucking Pokemon, Urshifu. Yeah, you can like evolve it into like a different, uh, um, you know. Rapid Strike or Single Strike. And so I think what's really cool is... Uh, you know, it's called Battle Styles. Here we go. Let's see. The Battle Styles expansion is the first expansion to feature two new variants. Single Strike cards deliver powerful hard-hitting attacks that can knock out an opponent. Rapid Strike cards use sneak and technical attacks. Um, but there's like another rule to it. I don't remember. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a reason why that they put it on the card and there's like a, there's like another rule to the way that single strike works. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, that's part of it too. I, 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 I have no idea, but yeah, like if you look at, um, 
I guess also that that that'll there'll probably be like trainer cards and supporter cards that will say something like, "Oh, search for a single strike Pokemon," or whatever. Like it's just another label to add on. But like if you look at all the single strike cards, most of them have just like a Pokemon power and one attack or just one attack. So uh, that could be fun for for meta for sure. Uh, but yeah, like I'm looking at this Zangoose and it's a rapid strike card. And it says, if you played a Rapid Strike supporter card... Oh, yeah, see, I was right. From your hand, this attack does 50 damage to two of your opponent's bench Pokemon, including the 50 to the active. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it makes a lot of... It's, it kind of adds a whole other uh, mechanic to uh, to uh, fighting. And I just got to tell you, Urshifu is my, one of my favorite Pokemon ever. It's a fucking Kung Fu Grizzly Panda... Bearface Johnson. Fucking love it. Okay, here we go. King of Fighters game delayed to 2022 due to COVID. Uh, I mean, again, not surprising. I would rather people be safe than not. Um, but yeah. Full E3 2021 schedule. Here we go. On June 12th, the gr- this is all Pacific time, okay? So, you know, do the, the math. But this is all in Pacific time. Gorilla Collective will go at 8 a.m. Wholesale Direct will go at 10 a.m. This is June 12th. At 10 a.m., Ubisoft Forward will go at 12 p.m. Gearbox Entertainment to be dated. Devolver Digital to be dated. So I assume after those. But yeah. There's a lot of these that say to be dated still. Uh, June 13th, pre-show, 8.45. Microsoft and Bethesda at 10 a.m. Square Enix at 12.15 in the afternoon. The PC Gaming Show to be dated. Future Game Show at 4 p.m., Warner Brothers Games and Back for Blood to be dated. And then June 14th, pre-show at 8 a.m. And then the rest are to be dated, but it's Take-Two, Mythical Games, Freedom Games, Razer, Capcom, Verizon, Intellivision, then. And then June 15th, pre-show at 8 a.m., Nintendo at 9 a.m., and then we have Bandai Namco, Eureka Games, and GameSpot. So, yeah. Um, June 15 will also host an award ceremony meant to celebrate everything shown off during the upcoming Whirlwind Week. And, uh, yeah. So, um, I, th- this, you know, I, I don't do a lot of card game news, and I'm sorry about that. Um, because I'm not big in the card game world recently. Um, I hope to get back into it while learning to play Digimon. I missed a pre-release yesterday for Digimon, and I really wanted to go. Um, but that's okay. Um, hopefully Bandai is doing better about, uh, you know, distribution and such. Um, but I, I thought this was really interesting and I kind of wanted to mention it. So Bushy Road, they're the company who currently does Vanguard, Weiss Schwartz, uh, Body Fight, and, uh, The Bang Dream, Girls Band Party, D4DJ Groovy. And uh, whatever. So yesterday they had Bushy Road Spring Fest. And Bushy Road Spring Fest is a huge tournament that they do in the beginning of spring or the end of spring. Um, and they decided, of course, to do it virtually by doing it online. Um, if you've never played card games online before... It basically you just have a web camera pointing to your your desk, and you would have the top of your board, 
uh, showing via the top of your camera. So like the top part of the video would be the top of your board or whatever. And um, it, it's it's really it's really crazy because so there there have since the pandemic obviously there have already been a few um, tournaments online for like video games and even card games I think even for Yu Gi Oh they did and uh, in this case I don't know if Weiss has done this before or Bushiroad has done this before but. This is the first time hearing about them doing a Spring Fest online. And so, anyway, they came out with this Facebook post a couple days ago, June 3rd at night. So, a lot of people didn't see it until the next morning, yesterday morning. But it says, Dear players, after reviewing the stream for Bushy Road Spring Fest online, Y Schwartz North American Latin American time zone, we noticed that in the quarterfinals, a rule infraction was committed. At the start of the game, the cards were shuffled at an angle such that the printed side of the cards were only visible towards the shuffling player. This would fall under 3.12 improper shuffle in the Bushy Road floor rules. As this tournament is a level 2 tournament, the penalty given should be a game loss. We deeply apologize for our incapability to catch this during the game. While we understand that this may not have been intentional... In order to maintain integrity of the tournament, we have decided to apply this penalty. We sincerely regret that this will result in elimination of the player. Thus, removing them from the rankings, we will continuously strive to do our utmost best to prevent this from happening again. The ranking and prizes will be passed on accordingly. Second place will be awarded to the third place winner. Third place will be passed on to the fourth place winner. And etc. etc. So, here's the issue with that okay and it, it's it, it happens okay that this has happened in this has happened in in-person tournaments you know what i mean um and in video game tournaments whether in person or online they'll review a clip you know after the match is over or they'll review a clip you know 10 minutes after it happens or 20 minutes after it happens and be like oh wait i think i think there was an issue here you know, um, you know, I've watched I've watched Pokemon tournaments that were in person and they were streaming and the judges didn't catch something until the chat said something. We were all typing in the chat like, yo, he already attached an energy for the turn. And I think I remember telling you guys about it on the newscast. I was like, oh, I was watching this live stream. and The guy fucking, you know, and of course, I don't think that was intentional. I mean, I've done that before in tournaments where I've accidentally attached a second energy for the turn. And done little things like that but here's the issue with this particular incident i went back and watched that stream and i read all the comments on this facebook post the judge the judge stopped him the judge stopped the game like the game was stopped and and told the player you need to shuffle better so Clearly, you caught the infraction and stopped the game for it, but you waited until after the game finished for you to be like, eh, that's an infraction. Did you not tell the judge that that was an infraction that resulted in a game loss? Because clearly, he didn't know how to do his job. I'm seeing all the comments written here. Half the comments say, well, those are the rules. So... He didn't, that, that's just the rules. Too bad. 
And then the other half of the comments say he should have handed the game loss during the game or when the judge had to get involved showing the correct way to shuffle. Doing it afterwards just really seems unfortunate. And and I mean that that that's totally true. Like why didn't you you stopped the game and then called him on his shuffling? Why didn't you did you not know that that was an infraction right there then? Another person commented said what do you mean the incapability of catching this during the game? The game was literally paused during finals, so one of the judges could teach the guy how to shuffle. This should have been dealt out at the at that point and repaired so we could get a final that was not tainted by rule infractions. Um The the person I I, I mean, I won't say their name, but there's another person who commented and said I am literally just seeing this now as an organizer and facilitator of Bushiroad games and tournament play today. I can honestly say I am ashamed. I have had the honor and pleasure of watching said player growing as a player and advocate for Y Schwartz. I've watched as other players, both new and veterans alike have learned and become better from playing with, with said player. This is a great disservice to said player. This is a great disservice and said player deserves better. Um, for, and a lot of these comments are also defending that player, saying it was in, it was unintentional. They're a nice they're a nice person. They fucking they fucking amazing. They never cheat. And uh, honestly, unintentional or not, you'd still get in trouble. Okay, being as somebody who used to be a judge and played in competitive tournaments before, whether intentional or not, you'll still get in trouble. That's just what it is. It, it you'll still get an infraction. That being said, given the context of this particular incident, if they truly deserved that infraction that resulted in a game loss, then it should have been handed to them right there. It wasn't like you missed it and then saw it. You did see it and didn't give it to them and then gave it to them later. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think uh, this just adds to the to the uh the bs that is uh uh bushiro the way bushiro handles stuff and just really bad just really bad bushiro is not very good at handling anything comp- on a competitive level and i know that from experience and clearly from just the constant shit i read every year when they throw a spring fest and summer fest and stuff anyway uh, let's move on to some movie news. <laughs> Disney developing a Cruella sequel. I guess the Cruella movie did really well. Um, apparently they did something in the movie to kind of do away with her obsession of skidding puppies or whatever the fuck it is. Um, y- you know, I, I don't know. I, I personally, I don't know. I, I kind of want to watch the movie still. I think, I still think it looks really good and I heard it was, it was really cool, but we'll see. I, I think if they're doing a sequel, you got to do you got to do a big, big, better job than than with this one, because uh, apparently it was pretty good. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 report into the Spider-Verse Spider-Verse 2 reportedly cast uh, Issa Rae as Spider-Woman. Fucking Jennifer Walters, dude. Or no, not Jennifer Walters, Jessica Drew. Sorry, Jennifer Walters is She-Hulk. Uh, Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman. Uh, that's what's up, dude. I love Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman is the shit. My favorite spider currently, though, is still Spider-Gwen. 
Uh, that's just me, though. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Director's Cut adds 20 minutes of deleted scenes restored from an old VHS tape by dedicated fans. An extended version of the 1993 cult classic Super Mario Brothers film is now available online. Fans can now watch an extended version of the Super Mario Brothers movie featuring 20 minutes of previously deleted scenes. Um, reported by Eurogamer, the extended version was developed from an old VHS tape. Starting in 2019, a group of dedicated individuals who call themselves the official Super Mario Brothers The Movie Archive team have been restoring the tape. The completed work, running for a total of 125 minutes, is now available on the Internet Archive. That's pretty cool. I'm clicking on it right now. Let's see. Oh, this is it right here, dude. That's crazy. The Morton Jankle cut is what they call it. The film released runs as 104 minutes. The extended version runs a full 125. That's pretty cool. The editing has also been reworked throughout and restored by filmmaker Garrett Gilchrist, well known for his restoration of The Thief and The Cobbler and many Muppet projects. Yeah, dude, taking a um, taking a VHS tape and then splicing and editing it is super tough. <laughs> so, kudos, kudos to these to these guys. Uh, Shazam! Zachary Levi returns in First Fury of the Gods teaser. Pretty cool. He's got a new. Whoops, sorry, I hit play right on the fucking the thing. But yeah, dude, the new costume looks dope. And obviously they're doing a Black Adam movie too, so that'll come into play. That's really cool. I'm excited for this. Um, I still haven't seen Shazam, though. Uh, but I love Shazam, and I will watch the movie. I just haven't seen it yet. But yeah, dude. Um, we're getting a release date for the trailer for Matrix 4 soon. I'm very excited to see that. Um would love to see that very soon. I know I keep saying that every week, it seems like, but no, for real. Um, Creed 3 is circling Lovecraft Country's Jonathan Majors to play opposite of Michael B. Jordan. Um, according to Deadline, the Lovecraft Country star in, is in talks to play the film's antagonist. Majors would, re, would join returning cast members Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, and Felicia Rashad. However, he wouldn't be working opposite Sylvester Stallone, who recently announced he would not reprise his role as Rocky in the next installment. I mean, they said that from... They said that from, like, when they were making the second movie, that they he was not going to come back for it. Um, in addition to starring as Adonis, it was announced that Jordan will be making his directorial debut with Creed Three. He said directing has always been an aspiration, but the timing had to be right. Jordan said, Creed Three is that moment, a time in my life where I've grown more and sure of who I am, holding agency in my own story, maturing personally, growing professionally, and learning from the greats like Ryan Coogler most recently Denzel Washington, and other top-tier directors I respect, all of which sets the table for this moment. Um, Majors is set to play another villain in a sequel, taking up the role of the time-traveling King the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Majors previously co-starred in The Last Bla in the last Black Man in San Francisco and The Five Bloods. Yeah, dude, I mean, fucking... Jonathan Majors is cool. And I love Creed. I love the Creed series and I love the Rocket series, so that's exciting. The Toxic Avenger reboot casts Elijah Wood as the main villain. Uh, antagonist opposite Peter Dinklage's, Dinklage's cult hero. Uh, according to the Illuminati, Wood will play Bob Garbinger, 
whose description is as follows. Leonine hair and eerie plastic surgery. Evil head of the shady company Garb X. He has no regard for the well-being of anyone but himself and embarks on the murder spree to become as powerful as Taxi. His ego bolstered by his standing amongst the town's official, but in reality he lives in fear of the underworld gang he's indebted to. Yeah, man, if you've never heard of Toxic Avenger, that is the most craziest movie series of the 80s, in my opinion, made by Troma Films. And it's just really funny. It's this, it's this anti-hero janitor guy who gets put in toxic waste and becomes uh, becomes this big, monstrous, gooey, slime, sludge monster thing, and it's really cool. Um, Toxic Adventure's original co-creator and director, Lloyd Kaufman, read the script of the 2021 reboot, or 2022, or whatever, the new reboot, and said, it's better than the original. Blair knows Troma better than I do. He's seen everything. He's seen the cartoon. He's seen the Halloween special. And he loves our movies like Troma War and Terra Firmer. He knows the Troma sense of humor. The combination of slapstick and satire with the environmental theme. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I mean, if, if Lloyd Kaufman gives his, his Gucci on it, I mean, that's all you need to know. Simi Liu debunks a major Shang-Chi rumor. Um, so people were speculating that Fin Fang Foom was going to be introduced into the Marvel Universe via Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. And Semi Liu took to uh, in, in an interview uh, on in NBC News uh, saying that the confirmed that one of the more questionable elements from the Marvel Comics source material won't be appearing in the Shang-Chi film, and that is Fin Fang Foom. Um, who originally debuted in Strange Tales 89. Um, I thought it was 99. Man, I don't know my comics, man. I don't know shit. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, fucking... Fin Fang Foom is basically this huge fucking dragon. And uh, that's literally what it is. I don't remember, like, his... I don't remember, like, his... Uh, his uh, biography too much. I know, like, he... I know he fought Thor. He threatened Asgard at one point um, and tried to invade Asgard. But yeah, it's, yeah, Fin Fang Foom. Speaking of Thor, Thor 4, Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi wrap up filming with behind-the-scenes photo. That's pretty cool. Um, Thor Love and Thunder is coming out soon, and I think it's coming out at the end of this year, right? Phase 5 or Phase whatever of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's pretty cool. Um, Nickelodeon, Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot sets 2023 release date. I mean, I'm excited for that. I mean, it, it's... I don't know what Seth Rogen's trying to do with it or what he's trying to do. Uh, but it's going to be a CG film. And it's being co-directed by Jeff Rowe. From a screenplay by Neighbors co-writer Brendan O'Brien and Rogan will co-produce um, with his Point Grey Pictures partners Evan Goldberg, James Weaver, and Josh Fagan, along with Paramount. So, I mean, I like Seth Rogen. I think Seth Rogen's really creative, and I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, everything coming to Hulu in June. Well, it's already June 5th now, so. But June 9th, we have The Crudes. June 10th, we have Trolls, Trolls Topia, Complete Season 3. 
June 13, we have Willy's Wonderland, which is the Nick Cage horror movie where it's like it's like Five Nights at Freddy's and Nick Cage is killing all the animatronics and shit. Um, the obituary of Tunda Johnson, Dave season two on June 17th, which follows um, Lil Dicky, the rapper. It's like a, it's like um, it's like a fictional show based on his life, though. So it's like Eight Mile to Eminem kind of, and it's supposed to be really funny. Uh, False Positive, Hulu original. Uh, new this month, completely. This we have Most Wanted Man, Perfect Day, The Adventures of Tintin, the animated movie, Across the Universe, American Ninja Warrior season three. I love Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior is so fun to watch. Arachnophobia from 1990, great film. Anaconda 3 Offspring, Anaconda Alive, that's also a great film. Across the Universe, Blair Witch Project, Blair Witch Project Book of Shadows, Bloody Sunday, that's a great movie. Blue Streak, also a great movie. Boondock Saints 2, Bucky Larson, Charlotte's Web from the 1973, Batman Begins, The Birdcage, great fucking movie, fucking hilarious movie. Um, The Dark Knight, Desperate Measures, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, Face Off, The Forbidden Kingdom. Okay, The Forbidden Kingdom is kind of cheesy, but it's I, I enjoy it. I think it's pretty good. Um, you know, Jet, Jet Li and Jackie Chan in the same movie. You know, people have been wanting that for years, and then it happened, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Fun in Acapulco, Gamer, Get Smart, Hanging Up, The Hustler. Jennifer 8, Jennifer's Body, Just Right, Kick-Ass. I love Kick-Ass. I love the movie. I love the comics. Great film. Kung Pao Into the Fist, Last House on the Left, the 2009 version. Uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Once Upon a Crime, Places in the Heart. More like Places in the Fart. (laughs) Got him, dude. Saving Silverman, Scorpio, Slumdog Millionaire, Something's Gotta Give. Great movie. Sweeney Todd, uh... Waiting, that's a fucking funny movie. It's the the humor is dated because it's one of those raunchy comedy BS movies from the early 2000s, like that college fucking frat boy humor. But it's pretty funny. Wayne's World 2, Weekend at Bernie's, hilarious movie. Oh, wait, that was all just June 1st that I said? Jesus. Holy crap. Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's just scroll through these. Family Feud Season 7 premiere. Crude's New Age, Love Victor, Dragonheart. All four Dragonheart movies, by the way. I love Dragonheart. Uh, Alone, The Beast, Hoarders, Complete Season 11. Gone Girl, Her Deadly Sugar Daddy, The Outside Story, Dave Season 2, Holy Moly, The Guilt Trip, Cutthroat Kitchen Season 2 and 3. Um, I love Cutthroat Kitchen. I think that's really funny. I know it's kind of exaggerated, you know, but it's still pretty funny. Motherland, an American Haunting, pretty good movie, 2006, American Haunting. Safe Ride Home, Jack Reacher, Intrigo, Identity, 28 Days Later, 51st Dates, Convicts, Convoy, Changeling, that's a good movie, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard, Dude Where's My Car, again, another frat boy comedy, but pretty funny. The Foot Fist Way, if you've never seen The Foot Fist Way, I highly recommend it, it's pretty funny. Um, Directed by uh, Jody... Oh, I forgot his name. Jody, um, Jody Hill. Yeah, Jody Hill. He's hilarious. Who is in the movie himself and based the movie off of his, like, real-life Taekwondo instructor. Girl with the Pearl Earring, I Am Legend, Knowing, Little Women, Live Free or Die Hard. 
The Ninth Gates, Once Upon a Crime, The Preacher's Wife, Saving Saving Silverman, Scary Movie 4, Sleeping with the Enemy, Vertical Limits, War, The Wedding Planner, Where the Heart Is, and many, many more. Dude, let's get into the big news pieces, okay? And the last news piece is perfect for uh, segueing into the anime news. So, first big piece, the Atari VCS. Remember, remember, remember. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on the newscast. We talked about Atari unveiling a new video game console system. And that video game console system is called the Atari VCS. Um, is a name that's been floating around the games industry for a few years now. We first saw a model of the Atari VCS at the Game Devs Conference in 2018, but the console PC hybrid system has still not hit store shelves. However, Atari has now announced that the VCS is launching sooner than we think, as the system that is set as the re-entry of one of gaming's most iconic companies into the console market comes out June 15th. Bitch! You heard? With a designing inspired by the Atari 2600 system, the Atari VCS very intentionally calls back to the history of the fabled game company. However, Atari hopes that the VCS delivers a modern and fully featured multimedia experience across gaming entertainment and productivity that will draw the affection of creators and gamers alike. While the Atari VCS wants to be a versatile multimedia machine, its success or failure will come down to the gaming experience. The library features more than a dozen games from indie developers and games like Jetboard Joust, GunTech, Boulder Dash Deluxe, and Something Ate My Alien. Atari will also throw its own, own game, Missile Command, recharged into the catalog. Each Atari VCS also comes with a copy of the Atari VCS Vault, which includes access to 100 arcade and Atari 2600 games. Atari VCS owners also get access to AntStream Arcade, an on-demand game streaming service that offers access to a large collection of retro titles. Atari also pop- partnered with popular third-party controller maker Power A to create two controllers for the Atari VCS. The first one is modeled after the classic joystick controller from the 2600. The second, the Atari Modern Controller, looks closer to the form factor that owners of PlayStation or Xbox consoles have come to expect. Both controllers feature rumble LED lighting, USB charging, and wireless Bluetooth connection to the VCS, PCs, and mobile devices. Um, as with most consoles in 2021, the VCS wants to become a device you use in your living room more than just gaming. The dashboard features various popular streaming services, and if users access the the VCS companion app from the iOS App Store or Google Play, they can play various media. Additionally, the VCS includes a built-in Chrome browser as well as Google's Workspace apps. The system features an AMD Ryzen processor and is capable of 4K res, HDR, and 60 frames per second. The console includes internal storage options with the ability to expand uh, dual-band Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 5.0, and USB 3.0. And you can also install either Windows or Linux as an alternative operating system and turn your VCS into a mini PC. The Atari VCS launches on June 15th with the Onyx base system costing $300, The all-in system bundles available in Black Walnut or Onyx includes the classic joystick and modern controller, which costs $399.99. Each of those controllers is available separately for $59.99. That is pretty exciting. I'm, I'm kind of hype about that. I mean, it's basically just like... um. 
I mean, it, it's it's basically just like a, a Roku or an Apple TV with uh, some gaming shits or, or, or an Apple Mini. It's like an Apple Mini kind of with some gaming shits into it. Um, I don't think this is going to be on the same competitive field as the Xbox and uh, you know PS5, but I don't know. We'll see what people think of it when it comes out. The last piece of the, the video game nerdy news actually is some anime news, but it has to do with the Arxis uh, game company. Arxis, if you don't know who Arxis is, they're the people who developed uh, Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, a bunch of other great anime fighter games. And they also were the people behind Dragon Ball Fighters, which is the best, like one of the best, the best Dragon Ball fighting games we've ever gotten. And there was this weird game going around, uh, or a weird post going around uh, some forums. And I think it started on 4chan or whatever. But it said, Arxis MHA My Hero Academia fighting game. And here's what the post is. Arxis is currently working on an MHA fighting game that is planned to be announced at E3. Before I break down what I know, let me just answer two questions preemptively. Why choose MHA over something more popular like One Piece or Jujutsu Kaisen? A couple of different series were being tossed around, One Piece and JJK being two of them, but My Hero was what was settled on for a few reasons. Future events in the anime being seen as potential boosts in popularity, if you read the manga you'll know, the coming movie as well as a future animated project, you'll pick up on what that means later. Why make a new fighting game when One's Justice 2, which is the My Hero fighting game from Bandai Namco, uh, just got a new season of DLC announced. Bamco feels that One Justice 2 and Arena Fighters in general occupy a more casual market than more traditional fighters, but they also notice that in general, more competitive fighters draw more attention with tournaments and such want to get said attention to My Hero Academia. The game is also planned to be released closer to the end of the end of One's Justice DLC cycle anyway. Uh, details about the game. Four buttons, light, medium, heavy, and support action. 2v2 with one assist. Roster consists of playable and assist-only characters. Assist can range from offensive to defensive with type varying by character. Each character has access to support items. This is what the support action is tied to. Support actions vary by item and can range from a simple projectile to something that can affect your mobility. Gameplay is more grounded and not as combo-heavy. There will be stage transitions similar to Guilty Gear Strive and Dragon Ball Fighters. No idea what kind of netcode it's going to have. Uses the same tech that Guilty Gear and Dragon Ball Fighters does for its aesthetic. However, goes for a comic book look with harsh shadows and thicker outlines. Then that same anonymous poster said, I was also told about the story mode and planned, planned roster of playable characters, but not what the assist characters or support items are. Here's the info on the story mode I was given. I was told about the story mode and the planned roster of playable characters. Story takes place during the Endeavor Agency arc. Introduces an American corporation named Dead to Dallas. Um, recently branched out into Japan. Shortly prior to their arrival in Japan, a number of Japanese heroes get accused of committing criminal acts. Colleen Forge, the face of Dedalus, uh, whose quirk allows her to replicate any quirk based on the information she knows about it, but she can only have one at a time, outwardly acts nice and motherly, but her true personality is cold and calculated. 
She recognizes an inefficiency in real heroes, so she aims to replace them all with ones that can be controlled more easily and thus made more effective. Then there's there's more about uh, that the villain and stuff and stuff. The final battle is between Deku and Colleen Forge of the American Hero Company. Uh, the roster so far, um, or what they think is what it is, is Midoriya, Bakugo, Toto, Uraraka, uh, Aida, Kirishima, Asui, Eraserhead, All Might, Endeavor, Mideo, uh, Nijire, Tamaki, Endeavor, Gang Orca, uh, Miroko, Hawks, Best Genist, Edshot, Fatgum, Pixie Bob, Shigaraki, Toga, Dabi, and Colleen. Uh, wow. No, uh, Shinzo, huh? Fuck you, then. Anyway, that's pretty cool. Now, the, again, this is a fucking 4chan post, okay? So, it's... I'm not gonna get my hopes up. But imagine that. Imagine Dragon Ball Fighters, the way that looks, but my hero. Right? That'd be crazy. Anyway, let's, uh, take a small break and, uh... Go on to the anime news, Boom, check that out for me. Okay, links. Animesummit.net. Um, you can find all the links right there. To listen, to follow, to subscribe, <clears throat> all that good stuff. Patreon.com slash, excuse me, I'm like, <laughs> I got something in my, my nose. I'm getting clogged up, y'all. I think this is the weather, to be honest. I, I think I'm developing allergies. But um, patreon.com slash anime summit. Become a patron today. Give a Smokey his wings. And he will fly to your house and support you for Pride Month. Because it's Pride Month, baby. Uh, and also, uh, recently uh, we released an AOQ, or I released an AOQ, with, uh, where I got to hang out with the band Hey King. And it's this, it's this, this, this couple... Um, Natalie and Taylor, and they make music under the the, the name Hey King, and uh, it turns out they're fucking weeps. And I just hung out with them, and we just talked to anime and just hung out, and we talked about their record that they just dropped. It was really fun, so go check that out. And actually, for like the YouTube video version of it, I actually just posted the Zoom call that it, we had, so you can go watch that and um, you know laugh, have fun, have fun with that, and uh, yeah. Let's get into the anime news, shall we? First and foremost, I want to say this section of the newscast is dedicated. Actually, just the whole newscast is dedicated to voice actor Genzo Wakayama, who passed away recently in his home. He was 88 years old. Um, uh, he was the voice of Ansem in Kingdom Hearts. And he also dubbed Peter Graves as the Impossible Mission Force leader. Uh, Jim Phelps from Mission Impossible TV series. Um, he voiced Scapero in Hayao Miyazaki's Ghibli Museum short, The Day I Bought the Star. He played Ansem the Wise in Kingdom Hearts. He he did a lot of dubbing, like Japanese dubbing, um, for American films. I mean, James Bond films. He dubbed Sean Connery in the James Bond films. Like, crazy. Crazy. So, yeah. Just bringing more joy to our media and you know he was old obviously so um but yeah he'll be he'll be he'll be remembered for sure this one's for you Genza wakayama love you 
Okay, so also, remember last week, we talked about Kazutaka Miyatake, who was in the hospital. He's a mechanical designer for Macross. He was in the hospital because his house caught fire um, in the kitchen area. He was recently discharged from the hospital, and he's expected to recover properly. Um, uh, unfortunately, his wife did pass away. And um, so, yeah, he did suffer from some monoxide poisoning, um, but he is expected to make a full recovery in due time. So glad he's okay. Um, shout out. Shout out to the homie. We love you. Take care of yourself. Be easy. Rest up. Um, so yeah, let's get into it, shall we? Tsukimichi Moonlit Fantasy, uh, July 7th debut. So here's some summer hype for you. This is that fucking, this is like an isekai one with all the moon gods and hottie boombaladies and shit or whatever. High school student gets transferred to another world and the goddess insults him for being different and strips him of his hero title. Yeah. Anyway, for all you isekai whores out there, that's coming out in the summer. World's End Harem anime reveals seven more cast members. Um, I love the character design in this. Um, all the girls are pretty cute. <laughs> like they are, they're pretty, pretty, pretty cute. And uh, you know, harem, harem shit. They're not trying to hide it. They're just like, nah, this is a straight up harem. Um. It is based on a manga from, uh, you can, Seven Seas Publishing has brought the manga here. Um, the man killer virus, a lethal disease that has eradicated 99.9% of the world's male population. Mizuhara Reito has been in cryogenic sleep for the past five years, leaving behind Tashibana Erisa, the girl of his dreams. When Reito awakens from the freeze, he emerges into a sex-crazed new world where he himself is the planet's most precious resource. Reito and four other male studs are given lives of luxury and one simple mission. Repopulate the world by impregnating as many women as possible. <laughs> All Reito wants, however, is to find his beloved Erisa, who went missing three years ago. Can Reito resist temptation and find his one true love? Hey, that's that's actually kind of decent. That's actually kind of a decent premise, right? Like, like, here's a guy, he wakes up and he's like, fuck, dude, this sucks. What do I do? And you know, and you know what? He's like, I'm not, I, I can't, I, I understand the situation, but I want to find my one true love. And he has to get through all the obstacles, including other women going after him. And that's kind of funny. I mean, it, it's, that's, that's pretty cool. He wants to find his one true love among all of the women, you know, who might be wanting him lustfully or romantically. And I think that's, that'll be kind of cool. It'll be kind of see to see like what happens at the end. Like, oh, does he find her? How does he find her? How does he deal with life trying to find her in the sea of women? I don't know. It seems like kind of smutty, but seems kind of cute in a way. Like that's, that's really sweet. Like he wants to find his one true love. I don't know. So we'll see. Remake our life. July 3rd debut. Here's some more summer Hi. Um, the story centers on the unsuccessful game director Kyoya Hashiba. His company goes bankrupt, and he ends up returning to his parents' home. Um, he lies in bed thinking about the successful creators of his generation. When he opens his eyes, 
Kyoyo finds that he has gone back in time 10 years to when he started college. He has an opportunity to remake his life. Starting as an arts college student, he now lives in a four-person co-ed shared house. Kyoya has the chance to spend his formative years with creators he knows will be famous in the future, but things might not turn out as he expected. Dude, that's kind of cool, actually. That that sounds kind of cool. So it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Tokyo Revengers, except not as not as crazy. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure we've all been asked that question before, like just hanging out with homies and shit. Like, if you could go back and change, you know, certain things, what would you do? I mean, I'll tell you what, I definitely would not. Dude, if it were me, honestly, this is gonna, this is going to sound kind of bad because obviously I'm thankful for what I have now. I'm very thankful for what I have now in terms of like um, what I know how to do career-wise and stuff. But like I would probably not go to college. And if I were going to go to college, I would not go to the one I went to. And I would start a podcast sooner. Honestly, that's what I would do. Because like I never knew how much I loved podcasting until I started doing it. And so I don't know. That could be interesting though. That's some summer hype for you though. Um, that's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Gakuna Nachi no Rimeku. Yeah, I can read that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, dude. Did I read that right? Or did I read that wrong? Oh, no, that's Boku Tachi. What did I say? Gaku Tachi? My bad. Boku Tachi no remake. My bad. Anyway, I'm still learning, okay? Shut up. Fuck you. Pokemon franchise gets two new Poke2 Net anime shorts. The Pokemon Company International debuted a new Pokemon Net anime short, Yomi no Subomi, Dreaming, Dreaming Subomi, on the Pokemon Kids TV channel on YouTube on Friday. It debuted a hero ni Narite Yan, Yanchamu, Pancham who aspires to be a hero, Net anime short on Children's Day. Um, yeah, that looks really cute. We're going to have to watch these. I mean, Pancham is... A 10 out of 10 Pokemon. I mean, that's just... That's just facts, dude. Um, the Pokemon Kids TV YouTube channel launched in 2019 with a focus on children's programming. Um, there's more shorts coming out. There's one about a Gengar. Um, one about a bakery. There's there's one about a Magikarp and a kid meeting a Magikarp. So, uh, yeah, we got to watch these. We got to watch these for show. For show. For show. Um, Anaplex Online Fest hosts musical artist Aimer... Claris, Lisa, Riona, and Hiroyuki Sawano. What? Shit! That is a hype lineup, dude. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, huh? Anaplex and Sony Music announced the second round of guests that will participate in this year's Anaplex Online Fest event, um, including Aimer, Claris, Lisa, Riona, and composer Hiroyuki Sawano, or also known by his uh, stage moniker, band moniker, Sawano, Hiroyuki, and ZK. Um, dude, I mean, that's pretty fucking hype. Like, Lisa, first of all, okay, Lisa, okay, Demon Slayer, Sword Online, Aimer, Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works, and others, Claris, they did, uh, Madok Majok, Maduk Majuk, and, um, uh, fucking Riona, I don't remember what she's done but she's hot and here yuki sawano who's like a sick composer in general from anime and also just like anime themed and shit like that dude 
Like, that's hype as fuck, dude. Like, honestly. Hype. Hype as shit. Um, wait, let me get some details. The event will be held on July 3rd, um, starting at 9 p.m. EDT or July 4th at 10 a.m. JST, which is Japan time, and will be free and available in Japanese and English. The event will include news from Anaplex shows and live performances from musical artists. Um, so yeah, that's pretty hype. Maybe we'll do a watch party. Do you guys want to do a watch party in our Discord? If you're not part of the Discord, join the Discord. We'll do a watch party. I'm actually going to keep that tab open so I can ask people. Um, Retro Crush. Let's go. Here's everything coming in June to Retro Crush. Uh, June 4th will be Puppet Princess, Galaxy Angel, Galaxy Angel Z. June 11th will be Princess Knight. And June 18th will be Kimba the White Lion. And June 25th will be Astro Boy. So um, Astro Boy will only be with the English dub. Um, Princess Knight will only be with the English dub, and Kim with the White Line will only be with the dub. The rest of them will be with dub and sub. Dub, sub, dub, sub, dub, sub. So there you go. Ultraman and Tiger and Bunny artists design new suits for Marvel's Avengers. Um, SH Figure Arts. Yeah. Pretty cool. You should see these. <laughs> these are, these are pretty sick. There's going to be an SH Figure Arts of the Iron Man one. Um, Marvel announced last month that Line Barrels of Iron and Ultraman manga artist Aichi Shimitsu designed new powered suits for Iron Man and other superheroes for Marvel's upcoming Tech on Avengers comic series. Shimizu is also drawing the cover art for the series with his Line Barrels of Iron and Ultraman partner Tomohiro Shimoguchi. So yeah, the Iron Man looks super dope. I mean, the Iron Avengers is what they're called, dude. That's fucking dude. Cap looks sick. Cap looks like a fucking, like, Megazord, dude. Like, it looks fucking cool. <laughs> like, like, dude, fuck it. Was this Scarlet? Is this Scarlet Witch? Oh, no, that's that's Captain Marvel. Dude, that looks dope. Dude, Spider-Man looks like some kind of fucking mechanical ninja. Like, come on, dude. That looks, that looks hype as fuck. Okay, dude, check this out. Fruits Basket launches official Animal Crossing Island. Yes, the Fruits Basket official anime Twitter account... And website announced on Sunday that it has launched its own official island on the Animal Crossing New Horizons Nintendo Switch game. The dream address for the island is DA84584531-4562, and the design code is MA00197722-5775. Um, obviously, you're not going to fucking remember that, but I will um, I will make sure that you can... Okay, here, here it is. So the official Fruba PR Twitter... So that's at F-R-U-B-A underscore capital P, capital R. That is the Twitter in which Fruits Basket this is a Fruits Basket Twitter. And you can find the tweet. And the tweet's only from a couple, like last week. So you can still find it. The dream code and designer code is there. And yeah, it literally is just like the little town and shit. And then inside the house... And, oh, that's super cute. That's adorable as fuck. So, yeah, that's pretty hype. I'm going to catch up on Fruits Basket soon, so I'm excited for that. Night World short anime second episode debuts on Friday. So, yesterday. Um, The first one debuted on April 16th. Junichi Sawaiba plays Yuro. Ryo Timo for Ryusuke Sawa. Um, This is like um, a short anime project. And it's an original short anime project called Night World, and it 
Um, the second episode uh, was on May 28th. And it went on May 28th. Oh, wait, May 28th? The first one debuted on April 16th. But you can go watch. I think you can watch it on YouTube. The second night will de- the second night will debut on Amber's YouTube channel on Friday. So yeah, there you go. I have no idea what it's about. It doesn't say. I feel like we talked about this previously, but um, Eleven Arts opened Shirabaka the movie in North American theaters on August tenth. Eleven Arts announced on Wednesday that its North American theatrical screening of Shirabaka the movie, the anime film sequel of Shirabaka television anime, will open on August tenth. Tickets are available through Fathom Events. So yeah, if you like shitty taco, you know, check that out. Uh, Fukuoka Court hands guilty sentence to Mangamura Piracy Site Administrator um, uh, a fine of 62 million yen and on top of a fine of 10 million yen. Uh, just so you know, that's about almost $700,000 and I think a three-year sentence. So I don't really got an opinion one way or the other for that. I mean, I kind of think that that's, I mean, I mean, you're just limiting access to manga for people who will in turn buy the manga afterwards, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Live action Tokyo Revengers film uh, highlights Takemichi and Naoto. Um, We're finally getting... uh, this movie um i think we're getting it end of this year but yeah tokyo Avengers live action film i don't know if it's you know i'm i'm hyped for it probably not as hype as i was for the anime to be honest with you um maybe it's kind of good that they delayed it because now they're seeing more how more successful it is the franchise is with the anime um but yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see uh, Crest founds 100 Studio Digital Animation Studio. Entertainment Planning, Production, and Human Resources Management Company Crest announced on Monday that it has founded a new digital animation studio named 100 Studio. Pronounced One Double Studio. Okay, that's really weird. Which Crest will manage under its IP management division. The new studio is planning to do work involving television series, streaming movies, games, and music videos. Uh, Graphinica. Um. Producer Kotaro Horiguchi is heading the new studio. Uh, he did Hello World and Juni Tyson. The studio is currently hiring staff members, seeking animators, based both inside and outside of Japan. So yeah, there you go. That's pretty cool. So new studio, new hype. The Honor Student at Magic High School TV Anime, July 3rd debut. Let's go. Sure. Um... Yeah, this is based on a light novel. And, uh, yeah, we talked about this last week. But a century has passed since magic. Real true magic, the stuff of legends, has returned to the world. It is spring, the season of new beginnings, and a new class of students is about to begin um, at Magic High. And so, yeah, there you go. Uh, Gundam Hathaway anime film rescheduled for June 11th. Um, Gundam Info Portal site revealed on Tuesday that that the mobile suit Gundam Hathaway anime film will now open june 11th the film was previously delayed three times the movie was originally slated to open july 23rd but was delayed due to the shimona virus then it was delayed till april to may to may 21st and then delayed again last month due to the extended state of emergency 
in Japan. The current state of emergency is scheduled to last until June 20th. Um, the film's limited Blu-ray disc, a limited edition Blu-ray disc will go on sale on June 11th. Um, but yeah, Kido Senshi Gundam Sengono Hathaway. I don't know, dude. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited for this. This seems like it's going to be really hype Gundam movie. Um, it's supposed to be like a series, a movie series. I think there's going to be like, there's going to be like three or five movies. I think is what we've been talking about on the newscast. Um, Shuku Murase, who directed Gangsta, Witch Hunter Robin, Ergo Proxy, is directing. Um, Yasuyuki Muto is writing the script. Pablo Uchida, Naoki Onda, Shigeki Kuhara are adapting the character designs um, originally done by Haruhiko Mikimoto um, for animation. And we got Hiroyuki Sawano on composing the music. Uh, Nobuhiko Genba, Seiji Nakatani, Kimotoshi Yamane, Hajime Katoki are adapting Yasuhiro Moriki's mechanical designs uh, for animation. Uh, mechanical designer, he did he did a lot of the... He did Dean Angel, The Gray Man, Godanar, Magic Knight Ray Earth design, Restaurant to Another World. He did the mechanical design for Sonic X, the mechanical design for Sekai no Senki, he did a mechanical design for some Sakura Tyson stuff. So pretty hype. Ponkotsu Quest comedy anime gets seventh season this fall. Um, yeah, I didn't know this was on the seventh season. I didn't even know what this is until I saw it. Um, but it's an everyday comedy anime, and it follows this demon named Kaku Inimura, who serve a demon lord. And I don't... Why am I bringing it up? I have no idea. It just looks really funny. And if you've heard of it, let me know. See, tell me if it's if you if you like it or not, because I am curious. Uh, Kadokawa establishes 3D CG anime studio Kadan. Media company Kadokawa Corporation announced on Tuesday that it has founded a new 3D CG and visual effects anime studio named Studio Kadan. The studio is centered on Hiroyuki Seshita, an anime director who has had in many previous Polygon Pictures 3D CG anime productions, including Knights of Sidonia, Ajin, Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters, Blame, and Levius. The studio will utilize Senshita's prior experience with 3D CG animation. So yeah, the company will focus on production of full 3D CG animation with a quote-unquote cell look, extended reality XR 3D modeling, projection mapping, video game CG, and visual effects for live-action films. So yeah, pretty hype, pretty hype, pretty hype, pretty hype. Anime director Shinji Takamatsu discusses influence of Chinese streaming on anime production schedules. Um, Cute High Earth Defense Club Love and Robohachi director Shinji Takamatsu posted a popular tweet on Saturday regarding the influence of China on the production schedules of recent television anime. His tweet thread is translated as follows. He said, Anime these days has a long production period. It's difficult to anticipate when it peaks. It used to be busiest during the broadcast. Nowadays, there are more cases where all the episodes have to be delivered at once. And the main reason for this is because they have to go through a content check for China. It's necessary for this check to take place three months before the broadcast. In cases where it's difficult to be profitable domestically, it's essential to sell it overseas. Yesterday, I had a meeting for a work that we're aiming to broadcast in the fall next year and another one for spring of the year after. But isn't this a strain on the schedule? 
if we at the studio are told deliver all the episodes three months before the broadcast, then we have no choice but to make it according to that deadline. We don't have the authority to decide how to do business with it. The tweet has accumulated over 1.3 thousand retweets as of Monday. Takamatsu has previously provided commentary on anime industry problems and budgets. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm glad that a lot of anime industry people are using Twitter, taking to Twitter to discuss and expose more of the problems here. And hopefully that changes things and we'll see change in how animators and anime production staff are treated. Um, so, yeah. Glacier Bay Books license, licenses Saikamogi's Final Testament to the Moon and four more manga. Um, Final Testament to the Moon, Reincarnation, Mermaid Town, The Carmen Line, Favorable Wind on Full Sails, and, uh, oh, up, that's it. But yeah, Glacier Books is bringing these manga over. These manga are kind of like, they're kind of a little avant-garde-ish in a way, the way they look. Um, I heard Final Testament to the Moon is pretty sick. Um, it's a compelling new fantasy series that exists in the world of Red Riding Hood's Wolf Apprentice, um, which is another mango, I think. But yeah. Good Smile unveils new Nendos and scale figures at One Hobby 33. Uh, Good Smile Company unveiled a large number of newly announced and soon-to-be-released character figures at the 33rd Wonderful Hobby Life for You product showcase event on Friday. The event run lot runs event runs until June 6 and features an online exhibition and in-person exhibition at Akihabara's AkiBCO building and several YouTube live streams. So check that out. I mean, obviously. You might have heard, you might have been watching it before you heard this newscast, but because um, I'm recording it right now. But I mean, look at this, so cute. We have Hollow Live. We're getting a Hollow Live one, dude. Oh, fucking um, Jolene Cujo. Uh, the guy from God, the guy, the the guy and the girl from Godzilla Singular Point. That's really cute. Um. Dude, look at all these. Holy shit. And some figures. <gasps> Bofufer. The one girl from Bofufer. Eurocamp. Eurocamp. Uh, more Hollow Life figs. A new Sashomaru fig. Um, um, Fushiguro and uh, Nobara. And Gojo statues for figs. Um, Sukasa from Tony, uh, Tony Kaku Kawaii. Another Shiro fig from No Game No Life. God forbid. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Good Smile is on the roll. Gundam Seed director Mitsuo Fukuda confirms that the film is a sequel to Gundam Seed Destiny. So remember we talked about the new Gundam Seed Project Ignited. The new multimedia project last week. The new film coming out is a sequel. So, yeah, there you go for you Gundam Seed fans out there. Um, let's see. Platinum End Anime coming out this fall. This is that one that looks like some crazy shit. The dude is like, he gets like this crystal thing. He's got like an armor and he'd be fighting bitches. There's like this angel guy who's like naked but has wings and he's kind of hot. Then there's another angel chick who's naked and has more angel wings and is also kind of hot. Um, as his classmates celebrate their middle school graduation, 
Mirai is mired in darkness, but his battle is just beginning. When he receives some salvation from above in the form of an angel, now Mirai is pitted against 12 other chosen humans in a battle in which the winner becomes the next god of the world. Mirai has an angel in his corner, but he may need to become a devil to survive. Yeah, no, I would just become the devil right away. It's, it's waste time. Don't waste time. Uh, the detective is already dead. One hour, July 4th debut. Um, the novel centers around Kimihiko Kimizuka, a 30-year high school student, former assistant of a detective named Siesta. Uh, Siesta's acquaintance three years ago, 10,000 meters above the ground in a hijacked plane. Uh, the two went on one death-defying adventure after another for three years that eventually ended with Siesta's untimely death. Left alone, Kimihiko tries his best to reintegrate himself back into normal life. Yeah, I think we talked about that one already. It doesn't look that interesting. It doesn't sound that interesting to me. Um, but here's the last piece of news. Otakon, or Otakon, confirms that they plan to hold in-person event as scheduled in D.C. on August 6th through 8th. The staff of Otakon Convention confirmed on, confirmed on Friday that they will still do the in-person Otakon 2021 event as scheduled from August 6th through 8th at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. The staff said that Otakon will be the first major convention event to be held as D.C. reopens. The event will not have any international guests this year due to travel restrictions and mandatory quarantine requirements. The staff stated other possible changes may include shortened hours and some high-traffic events such as the Otakon dance might not be held. The announcement added, Otakon is dedicated to the safety of its membership and will be following any CDC and local guidelines that may still be in effect at the time of convention. The staff added on Twitter that the city of Washington, D.C. will issue additional guidance about the event mid-June. Um, after being asked on Twitter if the event will require vaccinations for attendees to attend, Otakon stated, we will be issuing additional guidance in mid-June in cooperation with our venue in the city. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, apparently, they came out with another thing that said that they will require masks, but it will not require proof of vaccination. So they said um, that that subject pol that policies are subject to change. But the staff of Otakon Convention confirmed on Friday that the in-person Otakon 2021 event will require masks in most settings, but will not require proof of vaccinations for attendees. Otocorp stressed it highly recommends all eligible all eligible individuals that are vaccinated if attended or if attending. So I don't know. For those of you going to Otacon, in my opinion, I wouldn't go. Um, you know, even if, I mean, I'm vaccinated. And if you were vaccinated and you feel up to it, definitely go. I would still take a mask with you because obviously they're saying that they want you to wear a mask. Um I am guessing that is so they don't have to be like, well, let's see if you're vaccinated. You know, this way they can just say, no, just wear a mask. You know what I mean? Which some people still take an offense to anyway. So it's like, I don't know. For for me, I'm not ready for that yet. I, <laughs> I me personally, even though I'm fully vaccinated and Trish is fully vaccinated, you know, Nick got his poke a bit ago too. And Danny got hers um, like last month also. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm good with, like, 
hanging out with like five people now, you know, five, ten people maybe, who are also vaccinated. Going to a con though, uh, I'm a, I'm a holdout. I'm a holdout on that one. <laughs> I am good. But yeah, there's the newscast. That was a long one, y'all. That was a long one. Thanks for listening every week. I love you guys very much. You guys are amazing. I get a lot of good feedback on the newscasts, and um, I really appreciate all your feedback. And every time you guys, I've gotten a couple messages already on Discord of people saying things like, hey, you know, I like when you mention this, you know. Uh, King, a shout out to King of Telluride for saying, hey, I like on the last newscast where you mentioned um, what's streaming on certain streaming services and things like that. And you know what? It's like, that's why I do it, because like, some people don't know where to watch stuff, you know, and they'll be like, oh, shit. Well, now I can go to Retro Crush and watch this, you know, so hell yeah, I'm all about that. So, yeah, I love you guys very much. Thanks for listening every week. Um, that being said, I'm Sam, and this is the Anime Summit Newscast.